Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to the American Age Podcast. This is C. Travis Webb, editor of the American Age, and I am speaking to you from Southern California. Hi, this is Stephen G. Fullwood, and I am the co-founder of the Nomadic Archivist Project, and I'm coming to you today from a very sunny and cool Harlem. And I'm Seth Rodney. I'm a senior editor at Hyperallergic and uh, an author uh, of a recently published book, The Personalization of the Museum Visit. And I'm speaking to you from the South Bronx today. Uh, this is to remind our listeners that we practice a form of what we like to call intellectual intimacy, which is giving each other the space and time to figure out things out loud and together. And I actually wanted to put a little asterisk by that. Um, I had a discussion about the podcast with someone and they had said, well, wh what about if you guys uh, talked in smaller bites? So we didn't we didn't quite monologue with one another. Um, and I actually, and you know, I, I, I listened to it and I, and I said, but you know, I don't really, f I feel like that's kind of antithetical to what we're doing because when you're having a conversation with someone, you give them the time to, mm. to figure out what exactly what they're trying to say. Mm. Um, and so I just wanted to say that's what that means, right? So mm. it requires some, pa it requires some patience amongst the three of us and it requires some patience from the listeners. So, and that's something that uh, an approach I would defend. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So take yeah. that, take that listeners. We're going to mini monologue all we want. <laughs> no, we love you. Please still listen to us. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, so we're continuing our discussion about the positive aspects of Donald Trump's uh, presidency, his election. Um, and I think, Seth, you were you had like kind of some meat for us to chew on today. Yeah. Yeah. So this is what I was. What these examples? What I'm about to explain are examples that I found in recent tweets in my Twitter feed, and I'd meant to talk about that to the last podcast, but I couldn't find them because turns out it was on my other computer, uh, my laptop. So Soledad O'Brien took a, uh, a screenshot of this. Soledad O'Brien responded to a New York Times piece headline, Times piece written by Maggie Haberman. And Soledad O'Brien says in her tweet, this is a good example of bias in the New York Times, in the at New York Times. So she shouts them out. A picture of a person who's considering not complying with a subpoena is basically a glam shot and is framed as a thoughtful, perfectly equal choice. Now, she's um, included in that tweet the um, actual original New York Times tweet, which is New York Times is politics at Neo NYT politics, May 24th. Hope Hicks, and this is the headline, Hope Hicks, one of the best known but least visible former members of President Trump's White House staff, is facing an existential question whether to comply with a congressional subpoena, which is ridiculous. Um, <laughs> and, and, and let me back that up by, by uh, reading another example, another tweet. Um, this one by Desiree Attaway, who responds to um, Soledad, oh no, responded to the, the same New York Times politics tweet. She says, mm. the next time a black man decides not to comply with a subpoena, I want at New York Times to do a fucking glamour shot piece on him that highlights <laughs> his existential angst. So what this says to me is so, that yes, clarification yes. that's definitely not existential angst. No, but, right, right. No, <laughs> no, I mean, I'm talking not, not. No, you're not saying that. I'm saying whoever wrote that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, pretty, that's not what existential angst yeah, is. Right, 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 yeah. right, right, right. This has something to to say about the degree to which. People close to the media, associated with the media, or people who just consume it, have become sensitized to the kinds of things that media 
does, unconsciously or consciously, to frame a kind of uh, story that is just blatant, just blatantly unfair, and and to to an extent, just laughably ridiculous. Like Hope Hicks, <laughs> Hope Hicks does not have an existential question; she has a congressional subpoena. By law, she needs to show up, or she will face the consequences of not doing so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let me let me ask a question around that. Do do we see um, to ca- to cast the light? So. I'm with you on all that stuff other than my the correction about the existential crisis for that report for that reporter right. or, or the person on Twitter that claimed that right. uh, or I guess actually the original reporting right mm-hmm. is we've all traveled in these circles around the sort of the essential injustice of you know the United States and its system and the lie that is its system of laws et cetera et cetera that I'm I'm that should be a paraphrase right that's not my position mm-hmm. right gotcha um, how is flouting a congressional subpoena uh, ignoring uh, established protocols of the society not entirely consistent with that worldview. So, so how is this not a consequence? How does this not slide very easily into um, the kind of deep, trenchant criticisms of the United States and its projects? Because the deep, trenchant criticisms of the United States and its projects have always come from the precincts of academic thought. Now they're coming to an extent, to a, in an, an attenuated way, right? Um, in a kind of soundbitey way. From mm. people on Twitter, from people on Facebook, from people on mm. commenting on Washington Post articles, on AOL articles, on um, USA Today articles, they're coming, I think, from the sort of hoary polloi, right? Like the the, the, mm. the common people, and I think that's important because when we're talking, if we're going to talk about anything coming out of this presidency that we can sort of wrap our arms around as as good or as a, as or defined as a silver lining, it's that. It has become more commonplace to call out, not just to recognize, but to call out the, these, these moves by mass media to essentially support and buttress that project that you're talking about, Travis. Mm-hmm. Well, also, I think that you're, I think both of you hit on something, but I, I want to add to that. I don't know if it's more prevalent, and that's not the word you use, but I just feel like we're just, it's access. People have always been mm. critical. Always people people have always been thoughtful and engaged. And now we can mm. see these things a little bit more often. We're talking about the basically the opinion, the um, the responses to articles on the editorial page. Mm-hmm. You know, do we see them more? But no, people have kind of, mm-hmm. are critical of these things. And and also, mm-hmm. I think the impatience and the mm. the platforms um, have both increased with. You know, with the Democrats in terms of they should be doing something, even though they are doing something, but depends on who you are about which at which speed they're supposed to be going with it. But people are um, coming. I don't know. I mean, I I walk in circles where people aren't academics necessarily, and they are shrewd um, critics of the media. Fair enough. And we'll send you stuff. Yeah. I I think I asked my question badly. so, because since you both heard, you both responded to the same thing. So clearly, I had asked it in in a in a poor way. What what I was trying to ask is, so we, uh, I, I personally um, am offended that there is a person that can so willfully uh, and seemingly at this stage without consequence, we don't know what it's going to look like in a year, mm-hmm. ignore a congressional subpoena. Oh yeah. 
and and I find that problematic. And what what I was what I was trying to say is that, but we have cut our teeth for twenty or thirty years mm. on the radical academic critiques and what comes out of those rad radical academic critiques, whether you've read Foucault or not, mm -hmm. to to question the the United States as a system, as an idea at its at its very core, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. As if as if the idea of the country itself is offensive or is an error, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And and that that now bracketing for a second the historical lie that is that was equality right i right. mean we know the, the at least you know amongst the three of us we understand that that was a lie there were a number of people who were not enfranchised uh mm -hmm. or protected by its laws mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but but that historical failure became a an ideological failure mm -hmm. it, it amongst mm -hmm. a certain circle of critics and so we now have someone in the White House that basically listened to that and believed it. I mean, Donald Trump says, well, we murder people. Right. Mm. Donald Trump says, right. we bomb people. Donald Trump says, how are we any better? Right. How is Donald Trump not the politician of Foucault? <laughs> how is Donald Trump not the how is po Donald Trump not the ultimate post-colonial politician? <laughs> huh. how, 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 how is he not the mouthpiece of that critique? Huh. Because I think that critique Ooh. always came from a position of we are we are we're essentially throwing stones against the great church, right? The great the great sort of collective edifice in order in order to break it open. So that, uh, uh, in order to break it down, so that it falls apart. Whereas I think Trump is making the taking the position. Well, really, it doesn't. It doesn't matter whether you throw stones against the thing. It doesn't matter whether you break it down. Just, just make use of it. Just profit from it. Like he, his thing is, I'm just gonna profit from it. No, I think I was gonna ask you. Does it really matter what position it comes from? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well said. Well said, Seth. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm going to push back. I'm going to push back on that because I, for a couple of reasons. One, so those aren't just stones. Those are boulders. The whole okay. world is made up. The whole world's made up. It, it's all made up. You carry around right. these pieces of paper mm -hmm. that tell you these pieces of paper are the equivalent of food or that these pieces right. of paper right. like uh, can be exchanged for travel all around the world on flying machines, mm -hmm. right? right? The whole world yes. is made up of ideas and ideology. Mm -hmm. And so we weren't, we weren't just throwing stones at an edifice that was impenetrable. We were launching precision-guided missiles at its foundations, mm. and and not one, not I mean, not not one, but of that ilk, no one had a shovel or a hammer or a box of nails to put it back together mm. or to propose something in its process. It was just always rotten to the core. Mm -hmm. right. And I and I would say that Donald Trump, as I think, Seth, you're correct, and the intention is different, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. The intention is different. But if that intention is not articulated, what, what occurs in its vacuum is tribal self-interest. Mm -hmm. And it's true mm -hmm. that Trump is, is, I, it seems, reads to me as a narcissist, mm -hmm. but he's also 
pretty loyal to his family, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, he's essentially like well. a little, you know, uh, well, I mean, his his daughter and his sort of immediate family. I was like, I know one that. daughter. <laughs> I think the rest one of you are in my no, That's right. That's <laughs> one daughter. And, and, and I'm, not sure, I'm not sure how he feels about his sons. I mean, he's, he's such a narcissist. I'm not even, I, like, yeah, the family thing may be, yeah, like, yeah, asterisk, asterisk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this is fair. This is, this is fair. Yeah, yeah, this is fair. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's very fair. Okay. So, the, but, but what I'm saying is that I, in many ways, I see Donald Trump as the apotheosis mm-hmm. of 40 years of, of intellectual infighting mm-hmm. and, and, and sort of the, the kind of prison mentality of shiving mm. our forebears. Mm-hmm. And I don't like where has been, where has been the ambitious expansiveness mm-hmm. of, a, of the humanistic imagination mm-hmm. amongst intellectuals? Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Okay. You know, well, where, well where, said. Uh-huh. where is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I mean, we have examples, but you know, you have to kind of reach into the in, the intersection of 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 politics and and intellectual works. You know, like King and and obviously other uh, Stokely Carmichael. There's there's going to be other people there that yes, they were trying to tear down and destroy an iniqu- an iniquitous system, but they were also doing positive things in their community to try and establish, mm-hmm. you know, these those, these networks of optimism. I'm sorry, please. I was going to say Jordan. those voices though have been drowned out by the din of the noise that we're hearing right now every day um, about Trump. And so that lack of imagination, you know, when people say it's either impeach or not impeach or go to jail, it's like there's so many, it feels like you join a team and then, you know, whether or not that team is actually what you want it to do. I mean, you know, going in the right direction, you stay with that team. It's exhausting because it doesn't allow for different other kinds of voices. In fact, Mm. I mean, even Bernie turns people off because of what he's trying to do and what he's saying he wants to do out here and there. But I'm I'm a, I'm a victim of that lack of imagination, essentially, and not thinking past these um, constrictors, you know, of what's mm-hmm. possible. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's definitely something I take on, you know, and that um, I'm not proud of because I'm just getting lost in the noise sometimes, you know, and having to sort of pulling yourself away from it means that you you reject it you know and you are looking for something better to kind of uh, structure in, in, go ahead in your defense i don't know that that's a fair self assessment because you actually were the one that suggested the topic of the podcast which is looking at the positive aspects of donald trump's presidency so well, i'm a trickster so clearly you I'm a trickster. yeah so clearly yeah. you're doing the work to to try and um not to make it a love fest but i actually just don't think that's a fair uh, uh a summary of of you being lost in that. I mean, I I see you making those moves in conversation, on the podcast, and off. Well, the I appreciate that. I don't know. I just I'm a lot harder on myself. So yeah, so so enough. let's let's see whether we've answered this question so far. So mm-hmm. the question was, what good things are possibly coming out of this presidency? And the the claim was made that yeah, it has uh, it has something to do with an increased. Um, uh, insightfulness to mm-hmm, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. the larger public with regards to how the media reports in in biased and and uh, silly in, in some cases Shitty and maybe ways. even mm-hmm. even even destructive ways right mm-hmm. the, the, how the media uh, prepares mm-hmm. the narrative that it, it 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 disseminates to us so are we agreeing that that is the case or no is that is that a silver lining yeah, I, I think I'm with you on that. I, I just I think 
I don't think it goes far enough. And I, I would, I, I, the example that you gave, I think it's an absolutely uh, emblematic one. It's a great one because I think it also reveals the shallowness with which the response has been. And I would add a correction. So, you know, imagine a black man igno- ignoring a, 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 a congressional subpoena and mm-hmm. what kind of shot that would be. Mm-hmm. What What they are not understanding is that now in the 21st century, Anyone can be white with enough money oh, no, and enough access absolutely. with enough mm. n- enough money and access. But that is what they are being, right? Mm. We we have not broken open the mm. imagination in this country enough so that you don't have to be white to be to matter. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that's w- that's what we should be moving towards. And I think mm-hmm. that different groups of people no. are moving in those directions. They're just not getting I'm sure the, you're right. um, the broadcast. Yeah, I'm sure you're earlier oh, on when you oh, guys yeah. were talking about the newspaper. The newspaper is there to sell you an image and to sell you a story. Mm-hmm. And so to conflate the idea that they're there to tell you anything other than what they feel like they should tell you to pay so that you'll buy it is hard. Mm-hmm. It's um it's on it's on us. You know, mm-hmm. and the fact that, like you said, some sort of glamour shot of her kind of wistfully looking to the side. I'm sure they didn't take that picture recently. I'm sure that, that that's an older picture. But somebody mm-hmm. was looking for a picture. And you know what? This will be good. This will be good right here. Mm-hmm. Rather than look her looking disheveled coming out of court. I mean, <laughs> these mm-hmm. were mm-hmm. deliberate choices mm-hmm. to sell this paper, to get those clicks. And I have to um, mm-hmm. acknowledge someone, Azalea Banks, who's a rapper, who's often a controversial figure to people. She was controversial. So she, she, she was on. She, she often craps the bed, but go ahead. So what she did, <laughs> that's a whole new um, podcast, but I'll say this for her. She was sitting, I think she was sitting on a radio show and they were talking to mm-hmm. her and one guy was mm-hmm. trying to tell her, well, put your politics into your music. And she goes, I, I put them wherever I want. Mm. It's be clear mm-hmm. about what your role is. She goes, mm-hmm. you want the clicks. Well, get your clicks mm-hmm. and be honest mm-hmm. about that. But don't mm-hmm. act as if you're doing me a favor by telling me mm-hmm. how to act. Mm-hmm. And for that, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm dead on. I'm with her. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. I but think they're just trying to get she, their clicks. Isaiah mm-hmm. Banks mm-hmm. mm-hmm. is is uh, occasionally um, really insightful. Uh, so I want to follow up on that and say that um, with two more examples of that same sort of uh, tweet thread. Mm -hmm. Uh, With Mm -hmm. regard to the New York Times, Jamil Smith uh, wrote in response to Soledad O'Brien, there is nothing for Hope Hicks to decide, and this um, uh, follows uh, follows on what you were saying, Travis. There's nothing for Hope Hicks to quote-unquote decide. She got a subpoena from Congress. Were she not white, wealthy, and connected, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Mm -hmm. She would appear or she would, or she would appear or she would face the threat of prison like the rest of us as she should. So mm-hmm. yes, yes, it absolutely. It's about it's about taking on a kind of a kind of whiteness, right? That that is mm-hmm. um, uh, sort of seemingly being portrayed thing. as mm-hmm. yeah, right above the fray. So, mm-hmm. but uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez responds to Soledad. What gets me is news breaks that this woman is waiting committing a crime before mm-hmm. Congress and it's right. getting framed by the New York Times as some <laughs> lifetime drama called quote unquote Hope's Choice. This is a former um, administration official considering participating in a cover-up led by the president. Treat her equally. Um, so there's a way in which um, you're right, Travis, um, but also uh, some of these voices, I mean, especially uh, uh, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, I think comes directly out. She's produced by this presidency. Yeah. I don't think that she would have come along in the same way had we made a damn right choice of, of Hillary uh, Rodham Clinton. 
she comes out of this, and I think that's a kind of silver lining too, because she leads the, she's one of the leaders of this public kind of consciousness to say, mm-hmm. no, the, um, this is the right way to go about this. These are our, should be our priorities. This is what we're going to work on in legislatively. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. I will show you, I will take you by camera into my private life as I'm like making <laughs> pasta and whatever for Friday night mm-hmm. dinner and talk about like how Congress works. That mm-hmm. for me is, is super useful because it moves past the sort of I get to take advantage of the system just by like being white and wealthy or, um, mm-hmm. or, 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 mm-hmm. or, or having the sort of resources in my life to make me seem that way. Um, mm-hmm. And it moves towards a kind of like honest and adult public dialogue. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm, I am. I'm with that. And uh, Ocasio-Cortez's uh, response is much sort of closer to a position that I would um, that I would defend. Mm. Um, clearly, I mean, and, and Stephen put his finger on it too. I mean, clearly, this was. Um, not, I shouldn't say clearly. It seems to me that this was an attempt to get uh, recognition, and you get kind of the stylized shot of her, and you know the, the sort of, and and also importing a kind of intelligence and deep thought to what may not be, uh, what may not be a, a well considered position at all, right? Mm-hmm. We don't know like mm-hmm. what how much thought is going into the situation, other than kind of just baseline anxiety that might be there for, you know, ignoring something that, you know, has serious consequences. But, you know, to 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 make her to turn her into some sort of pensive, <laughs> you know, thoughtful, yeah. considered yeah. Uh, person is is that's a that's a big assist on the New York Times <laughs> yeah, part, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, a, yeah, that, yeah. That, that's an alley oop with a ladder. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Like, Steven just so, rolled his eyes. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, like, yeah. like dice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to roll out of my damn uh, head. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah. she was. So I, Oh, no, 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 please. No, no. Well, I was just going to say that. So I believe she was, according to this article, it was um, uh, May May 23rd that they, Mm. you know, they were, were, you know, they subpoenaed her, I think. And then that, and by June 20, uh, June 4th, rather, uh, the White House had instructed Hope Hicks and Ann Donaldson not to turn over any documents and not to testify and so forth. Mm. But as far as I know, and I can't find the article, she is complying with Democrats. She is actually compliant, so it's interesting. Hope, Hope Hicks, yes, but I don't know. Yeah, into I haven't what extent. read anything about her. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I also have not read anything that she's that she's ignored. Yeah, um, the request that is same, that's the same thing I've read. Okay, yeah. I was curious. Okay, so, 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 so I want to sum this up because I want to make sure I have a grasp of this conversation. So we're saying that yes, partly there is a kind of greater access to a public dialogue around the problems of. The U.S. historically, right, and that we and that more of, we're we're more willing to say this stuff out loud, the quiet part out loud. But part of the problem with that is what what Travis is arguing is that um, essentially that's always been a kind of irresponsible critique, in that what people have been doing is they've been trying to like burn the house to the ground, like not just like like not not just like lob stones to like break down the edifice, but like but like raise it. And, mm-hmm. and, and there's a, and I mean, maybe this is another podcast that we could talk about. Um, I kind of, I kind of agree with that because I remember feeling that way throughout undergrad and, and grad school. I went to undergrad at Long Island University, Brooklyn campus, mm-hmm. part of the honors program. 
and in the in the politics in the in the in the not so much in the classes I took, but I'm in the conversation around school. It felt like people were like, yeah. I mean, essentially, it was saying, yeah, it's all just shit. It's it's all shit. Um, and yeah. I and I and I always thought, no, it can't all be like because we're here and we're doing what we're doing. And then in mm-hmm. grad school, I got a more sophisticated version of that, a kind of post-colonial version of, mm. well, the United States is essentially a purveyor of terror, of terror throughout mm-hmm. the world. Absolutely. It is essentially, it is essentially a bedrock classes. It, it, it supports and disseminates uh, a model of a, bed, of a system that at its bedrock exploits and disadvantages a certain class of people and then blames them for being exploited and disadvantaged, right? So full stop, mm. right? So that's, that's, that's America. That's the USA. And I always kind of felt uncomfortable with that because I'm, uh, my thing is it cannot be all bad because we're here and we're doing the work of studying this and, and, and thinking about what this system's predictions are and how we can fight them, right? Mm-hmm. So if we're in a position to do that, it cannot be all bad. And then I got to um, hmm. where I am. I got to uh, school in London, um, the PhD program in London, the London Consortium. And the conversation really shifted because the UK doesn't have the, at least in my experience of the UK, it doesn't have quite the same sort of nihilist uh, mm-hmm. uh, conception of, of, hmm. of, of US history or US, the place of the United States in world history. Mm. Um, I was going to say, I was going to say historical indifference. Thank too, you. But, I mean, think thank you. Sure, but yeah. Thank you. Um, and mm-hmm. so let me just like quickly sum it up in, in this way. In that, I mean, I, I was afraid of this becoming a little bit too theoretical. So I, I, the, 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 the sort of concrete example I can think of is um, a year ago, no, two or three years ago, I wrote a um, an interview uh, or conducted an interview with uh, one of the winners of the Vilcek Prize, an artist named Carlos Mota. And Carlos's work, um, he took me through it, um, really talks about sort of deconstructing history. So he's like creating other sort of um, notions or, 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 or histories re- regarding, um, I think, invented characters. Um, so it has something to do with um, uh, gay and lesbian identity. He, he identifies as gay. Um, and... Part of the problem I had with his work was that in constructing these alternate histories, right, he said himself, and I'm sure he still believes this, that he was trying to um, pull the supports out from under this sort of collective canonized history that we recognize as sharing, mm-hmm. right? And I always wanted to ask, well, what happens when you do that? If we don't mm-hmm. all agree that this hap- the Jamestown massacre happened, then what happens to like... How do we come to the table together? Like, what brings us to a common table? If we can't agree that, um, I mean, let's take it the other direction, that the civil rights movement was the most important movement in terms of transforming our social relations in the U.S., right? That the U.S. really wasn't the U.S. before the civil rights movement. If we cannot agree on that, then what brings us to the table? And what, I mean, what? I don't believe in this movement. I don't think it's useful to just deconstruct history because what happens is you don't have anything to take its place nothing to to say that we can that 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 says ah we can we at least share this 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 is our premise we can start here okay so i'm gonna because of time i'm gonna say what 
if we just deconstruct history, what takes its place? Mm-hmm. This is a very positive conversation that's come out of Donald Trump's election. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yes. I'm going I'm to put a button on that yeah. because I know Stephen looks like he wants to respond and has something to say. So, And we will, as close as possible, pick this up in the next uh, podcast, if that sounds good to Sounds okay. good. That sounds great. Okay. Thank okay. you. All right. All right. Thanks very much.